Hey, Dubs. Hello. We got another virtual one for you. Oh, yeah. I love how it's always set up like that. You you always say it so the audience knows. Because so they could listen and be distracted the whole time. <laughs> yeah, because there's no way they could have noticed otherwise with the difference yeah. of our audio. But yeah. yeah, my microphone all of a sudden sounds very different. And there's a slight delay in us talking. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so we got to jump right into it. We had an Oppenheimer spoiler cast last week. This yeah. week, actually, you know what? Fuck it. Let's not jump straight into it. You want to tell the people why we're uh, while we're in different uh, areas? Sure. I got real sick last night. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Anyways, so you saw Barbenheimer. <laughs> there we go. You, That's our intro. You, now on to Barbie. <laughs> yeah. You did Barbenheimer on Saturday, and there's I... two things to ask. One is. We were curious to the experience between 70 millimeter and XD for IMAX. And, of course, today we're talking about Barbie. Spoiler alert for Barbie. And I guess Oppenheimer, because we're going to talk about it right now. So, spoiler sure. alert. Spoiler alert. Spo- spoiler alert for Oppenheimer. Spoiler alert. I, 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 I could not wait to tell you about the difference between 70 millimeter and regular IMAX. Uh, and please. I still can't wait to tell you about the difference because we actually just saw Barbie on, on Saturday. What? So I've still only see Oppenheimer one time. Why didn't you see Oppenheimer? We didn't. Well, she didn't want to be in the movie theater for five hours on a Saturday. So just the last minute cold feet. You know what? Uh, that's, that's five hours. Also, because I think we talked about it. Maybe we talked about it off air, but there's this like, they're all trading the IMAX spot. Yeah. Barbie, Oppenheimer, and, and Mission Impossible. Rotating. It was really hard to find yep. uh, Oppenheimer and IMAX at a time that lines up with Barbie. Yes. Barbie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was very hard to do Barbenheimer. Like, we really, like, we tried to do it and we couldn't find a time. And then we ended up finding one down that's like, 50 minutes away and we're like yeah. that's too much it's two hours of driving to go be in a movie theater for five hours let's just do barbie and then my parents invited us over for dinner and then the weather was nice so like let's do barbie and have dinner on the deck on the grill and that'll be nice and then okay. we'll watch oppenheimer another time so we didn't watch it but i still plan to <laughs> i know okay maybe tomorrow actually okay uh, we might go tomorrow oh, that's um cool. that's cool but we did see barbie as did I. Who wants to start first? I think you started first for Oppenheimer, or did I start? I know I shocked you by saying it was the worst movie I've ever seen. That's right. I did ask you first, and then okay. you gave me a bad answer. <laughs> you changed it to the correct answer, and then we talked about it. Uh, yeah. Do you want me to go, or do you want to go? You go first. Does, I go first. How did you like the Barbie movie? I... I like I liked the Barbie movie so much more than I thought I would. <laughs> yeah. um, to be honest, going into the Barbie movie, the number one concern I had for the Barbie movie was um, nothing against him, Ryan Reynolds, because Ryan Gosling. Uh, uh, woo, yeah, sorry, Ryan Gosling. <laughs> uh, just because. All the trailers, I saw Ryan Gosling being Ken in that character. And without the context of knowing the universe, the story, and the plot, he was just an annoying... He he was kind of annoying. And I was just thinking, this is going to be so cringy and and grinding to watch. 
And then I saw the movie and I went, oh no, he he fits perfectly for this role. That was the perfect yeah. casting. This is all perfect casting. This fits the plot, the story, the character. This is everything. Yep, never mind. So my biggest concern was that. And uh, yeah. I now have a new biggest concern. My like the, like about the worst part of the movie, which I'm not going to bring up yet, because I want to know how you feel about your seeing Barbie. How was it? Okay. Um, I had a feeling that I was going to like it because I really like the director, and I could I knew that it was more than meets the eye. Like the marketing for it was very much like, "Hey, everybody, look, it's a Barbie movie, but it's directed by Greta Gerwig." Yeah. <laughs> I was like, "Oh no, this is gonna be a real movie." Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> uh, I I knew I was gonna go into it liking it, and I liked it more than I thought I would. <laughs> So yes. I, I had I had a similar feeling, but I went in positive, and I came out <laughs> extremely positive. I I knew that it was going to be like <clears throat> I knew the plot very clearly from the trailer was uh, Barbie goes to the real world experience is that it's not all like love and rainbows and not everything she thought it would be, and she learns some life lesson or she brings ideals back to Barbie land or something like that. I did not know that there was going to be this like double layered like feminism versus masculinism of like Ken and Barbie go to the real world and they both learn the same thing and take it very differently. Uh, mm-hmm. And like both take that back to Barbie land. And then that becomes like the plot, uh, the driving plot of the movie. Um, and I loved both of their character growths. Like obviously Ryan Gosling as Ken, like he had like a character dip and then growth at the end of the movie, obviously. Um, but I, I loved it. I loved uh, Simu Liu as the other Ken. Uh, he was mm-hmm. awesome. I loved like the dance numbers. <laughs> like, yeah. they, the giant... <laughs> Alan was great. Who? Alan. Uh, Alan. <laughs> Michael's Ken's friend. Yeah, Michael Sarah was perfect for that role. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> there's so many Kens, there's so many Barbies, but there's only one Alan. And he looks into the camera and says, Yeah, I never really understood that. Can we explain that a little? <laughs> Uh, dude, so good. It felt like I, I, I bet it must have been so fun seeing this as like a big Barbie fan. Although I've never really heard of a huge Barbie fan, but like someone who collects them and knows all the lore and the uh, history uh. and all the background, seeing all of those incredibly deep cut references. Me as someone who just knew Barbie on the face value, of like, oh, it's it's dolls and there's Barbie and there's Ken and they all they do a whole bunch of stuff and there's lots of pink. Um, just seeing like how deep they went into the Barbie lore, like the Barbie with the TV on her back, and, like, <laughs> pregnant Barbie named Midge <laughs> that kept scaring Will Ferrell just by being near him. And Will uh, Ferrell was just ah, <laughs> I forgot, I forgot you existed. <laughs> just because she was pregnant. <laughs> um, Weird Barbie. Yeah, yeah, it was great. And Play I too hard. Like, yeah. This the surrealness of Barbie Land, but then also like the surrealness of the real world, or at least the Mattel company, like Will Ferrell and all of his goons who say things in unison and like whisper to each other and like do group hugs and stuff like that. Um, it was so odd, and like how self-deprecating it was to the Mattel brand. <laughs> like they kept <laughs> making fun of Mattel for being like a bad company. Um, it was cool. I really liked it a lot. Yeah. What was uh. What was that thing you were saving to talk about, the the thing you didn't like? Wow, you just 
you're jumping right into it. You don't want to talk I, I about I want to jump else. right into that, yeah. and then we'll talk about the, the, the other stuff. That's the only thing we have on deck. The worst part about the Barbie movie, and this is something that I, I know is already, it's already done. Yeah. But my only thought after the movie was, oh, I cannot fucking believe this because what's happening is that there's a boardroom full of suits like in the movie for Mattel. But instead of it saying Mattel on the wall, it says Warner Brothers and mm. they're having water poured into their glasses and they're saying, gentlemen, we have far surpassed our expectations at the box office for Barbie. And what <laughs> this means is that the people want movies about toys. So we <laughs> the Mattel Cinematic Universe. <laughs> we should do another movie about a toy without realizing, because they're fucking dense, just why this movie is impactful in the way that it's impactful. And the fact that not only do you have a cast that got that was, I think, as as best cast that you can get for this movie in alignment with the vision and execution of Greta Gerwig and practical set design and effects. And like, there were so many pieces that came together for this movie to become what it is um, and be as powerful as it is. Um, having somebody as passionate for, for this, like Margot Robbie, like having these, having these pieces yeah. is why it's successful. Not because it's a fucking Barbie movie about a toy, which yeah. we know the boardrooms aren't going to think about. They're going to go, the people want toys. What else do we have? Let's do an yeah. R- let's do RC cars. Let's do uh fucking like, so- you know what I mean? It's going to be just, it's going to, it's going to be that, right? Let's do a G.I. Joe movie about fragile masculinity. <laughs> I mean, they already have G.I. G- G. Joe oh, movies. Shit, that's right. <laughs> With Dwayne the Rock Johnson, and who's the fucking strong jawed, chiseled, goddamn, what's his name? Channing Tatum. Channing Tatum. Yeah. Strong jawed. <laughs> who's that strong jawed freak? <laughs> Channing Tatum. The two most masculine looking dudes you could fucking get at the time. Like, just, yeah. It's happened already. But guess what G.I. Joe was? G.I. Joe what? was an action movie. Yeah. That's it. You yeah, know why? Exactly. Because nobody could look at it for anything deeper than what it is beyond yeah. that. And maybe that's because G.I. Joe is only that. But you take Barbie, and something that I loved about the movie is how many layers this movie took on. This movie mm-hmm. took on the positives of Barbie. This movie took on the negatives of Barbie. This took on uh, the patriarchy of the system that we have. This took on so many different levels beyond just hey, there's a world where Barbie lives and the Barbies rule the Barbie world because it's Barbie land. And then, yeah. uh, uh-oh, one found a way to the real world. And uh-oh, they, some real people found their way in the, into Barbie land. Like, yeah, it's far beyond that. And yeah, exactly. I'm, I, this is not to take anything away from Greta Gerwig or anybody who produced that movie. But there were a lot of times that me as a super fan got real... Uh, uh, like heavy vibes to me thinking, oh, this could be like a borderline fucking Rick and Morty episode. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
<laughs> like the amount of like wacky shit that they had going on. I was like, this could be a fucking Rick and Morty with that that fucking classic Dan Harmon punch that you don't expect. Yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> it gets into some wacky stuff, and then oops, I learned a huge life lesson. Uh, oh, it got real sad for no reason. Why did it get so sad? <laughs> oh yeah. no, yeah. So. And that's not to say anything, to take anything away from Greta Gerwig or anybody else from this movie, because yeah. it is 100% a Greta Gerwig film, which, yeah. I again, like you said, I went into this realizing, okay, there's obviously going to be more to this than what I know of, be- yeah. only because I know Greta Gerwig's directing it. Exactly. <laughs> that's yeah. it. So it's just, I know there's going to be more to it, right? Yeah. So that's the basis I had. Yeah, that's like literally all I had too, and and Margot Robbie, and, and Margot. I know that she's super passionate about the stuff that she works on, yeah. and it's not just a Barbie movie. So I knew like the combination of those two is like, oh, this is this is gonna be special. People are gonna be surprised like this. It reminded me of that movie from like the early 2010 <laughs> Spring Breakers. Um, Vanessa Hudgens was in it. James Franco was in yep, it. Yep, I remember that. And you're like, ooh, I'm gonna go see the fun summer movie about people going on spring break and having a fun party. And then, oops, it's a really deep existential like drama about like uh, the horrors of like that type of lifestyle and stuff like that. Um, and then everybody who went to watch was like, oh, this isn't what the trailer promised me. Uh, but it was, <laughs> it was better than that. It was better. It was better. Um, yeah. You want to know my, what my favorite part was in of Barbie? Barbie? Of Barbie? Yeah. My favorite part? Uh, it's when the the patriarchy speech happens in Barbie land at the mm-hmm. weird Barbie's house. And it's because of that moment um, when stereotypical Barbie, she's crying and funny narration there of just, we understand to the people who cast this movie that Margot Robbie is the last person who should be in this role saying this. (laughs) Like a little... (laughs) I'm ugly. We understand that Margot Robbie is not the right person to cast (laughs) during this scene. So good. Yes. That got a a huge laugh in my audience. Yeah. But in that scene, when she gets the patriarchy speech, the thing I like the most about that is that Barbie, stereotypical Barbie from that moment on, never looks the same. Hmm. Every other they use obviously they use that speech as both being heavy handed to make a comment about patriarchy and the implications and the consequences of it, but also as this the empowerment speech to break the the spell of patriarchy on the other Barbies. But if you keep an eye on stereotypical Barbie, she never smiles the same. Interesting. She 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 the only way I can explain it is that she had this full toothed smile before and then it almost seems forced yeah afterwards for the rest of the movie right up until the very very end in that last scene when she looks genuinely happy again because yeah. she's experiencing humanity in life and yep. that to me was like this big shift of this of Barbie as the main character which I really, really liked. And it actually also aligns with the big shift that Ken has when mm-hmm. Ken realizes that um, like the patriarchy not only hurts men as well, but like he didn't realize he was using patriarchy to define his wealth or his wealth, mm-hmm. his value, and not realizing that he has value in, just, in who he is and not needing to have the system of patriarchy to define his value. And that's when he has his moment too. And that's when you see a very human 
Like that was when Barbie sat down on the bed with him and he's crying. And Barbie is not stereotypical. Oh, what's wrong, Ken? What is Barbie yeah. saying? Barbie's saying it's okay. Barbie's like becoming yeah. this human. This 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 Ugh. right? Like like that. It was just this tra- that transformational scene for both stereotypical Barbie and Ken was so much more impactful than I thought it would be. Yeah, and it was so heavy. It was also that's the Billie Eilish uh, flash scene. Was that yep. a sledgehammer out of nowhere? Yep. <laughs> That's the one that got us. I uh, I felt myself starting to well up. That's when um, Rhea Perlman, I forget her character's name. Ruth. But the, Ruth, the yeah. old ghost who lives on floor 18 of, <laughs> of Mattel. <laughs> Uh, and Ruth is uh, that's the actual inventor yes, I know, of Barbie I know, I she know. named it after her daughter Barbara like that's yeah. the very little lore of Barbie I knew and I knew she went to jail for tax evasion <laughs> which I love that they kept that in <laughs> we all make mistakes honey um, but I love the scene that got me it was the Billie Eilish song it was like that touching moment where they're having a heart to heart and it's like the final message of the thing and I forget the exact context of the conversation but the line mother's uh, like stand behind or stand still so they can their daughters can look back and see how far they've come oh my god even just saying it right now I got a little welled up and like I felt myself getting a little welled up and I just looked over my fiance's wiping her eyes and I'm like oh there it is that's the line that was a heavy scene because that yeah. was the because you know what that was that was the classic human experience we have of like what is the whole point because it just seems pointless and hopeless and it was the like it this is again like that and again not taking anything away but it's just from what i know of of what i've watched and what i'm used to it's like it was that kind of rick and mortyism dynamic of like it's pointless it's worthless what's the what's there's no like there's no point to this right yeah but there is very much a point to this and and that point of what that scene was to me was the humanity point the point of mm. you, the point of like like i think ruth even says it the character of ruth says something along the lines of like yeah and that's when she takes your hand like you're going to have to feel for you're going to feel all of this like you're going to yeah you have to understand like the ups and downs the ebbs and flows that's life like and that's what you're that's what you're going for um that that's what that's what you're essentially signing up for signing up for right yeah i watched an interview with billy eilish about that song and very good interview billy eilish says i was in a writer's block for months Mm. and phineas her brother who's a producer who's her go-to producer they were like greta reached out to them and said billy i want you to do a song for the movie they invited her down to warner brothers studio they got there they watched it uh, it was obviously pre-production. Greta kept going up and going, okay, so for this next scene, this is what it's going to really be about, and this is what I, I see happening. Anyways, and then she would sit down and they would play the scene. Um, Billy said, <coughs> at the end of the day, like that they were writing, um, Phineas said, hey, let's try to write something. Let's try to get an idea down for Barbie. And Billy was like, I, I'm not feeling it. And he was like, I have an, I just have like this melody. Let's just try it mm. out. So he played that piano part. And then she said, I just started singing as if I was Barbie. And that's why the first line mm. is, I used to float, but now I just fall down. 
because yeah. of the scene in the movie. Like she Ooh. was like, I sh- <laughs> she was like, I just got chills. <laughs> yeah. So Billy was saying, I wrote the song. Like it came out that fast that day. Like I banged out like, the first take. It came out really well. We felt like we felt it hit. We felt it be like, okay, this one's rolling. This is this is great. And then she she said, I was listening to it, thinking over about like like choices on it, and I was trying to find a way to make the song more impactful. And because I'm listening to what I sang and what I said in my lyrics, and that's when I realized, holy shit. <laughs> she was like, I wrote it from the perspective of being Barbie. Like in mm. the movie, the the stereotypical plastic Barbie. I wrote it from that character. And that's when I realized days later, listening to my drafts, I went, no, Billy, listen to your lyrics. And then she was like, oh, my God, what did Greta do? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like just because it's that's what it is. Like those lyrics are far beyond just the storytelling of what happens in the movie to the character Barbie. It, yeah. it goes far beyond that into the, our existence and questions and, and where we stand with our human experience. And Billy was like, oh, my God, what did we do? <laughs> like, holy <laughs> shit. And then she and then Billy said, I didn't know when, where she was going to put it. So we gave it to her and we said, here you go. We didn't know what it was going to be. And then we went to go. She probably see- thought it was going to be like a credit song yep. or something. And then like she that. went to go see it. And she was just like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's got to be what like uh, Florence felt like from Florence and the Machines at oh, the end of yeah. Guardians 3. Yeah, she was like, like, yeah, you could use yeah, the song. Yeah. And then she watches the movie and just starts bawling her eyes out. <laughs> like, yeah. oh, I didn't know you were going to have it at the emotional climax of the movie. <laughs> yeah, dude. Oh, it was just such a beautiful scene. It was I such a beautiful the, the this rush of the human experience and just yeah. also having the mother daughter experience too I think was oh really God. helpful because it within itself that's another character arc where the daughter didn't see the humanity behind her mother mm-hmm. right she sees her mom as a as a figure which all daughters do eventually especially that age but then yeah. her daughter has that statement where her daughter says wait you're dark and broody about things when they're driving. She's like, yes, I don't want you to know that, but yes. And she goes, no, that's, that's good. Like <laughs> the daughter was like, oh no, you can relate. You can actually relate to me. Like you don't have to like you're it's in, I'm assuming it's within a mother's, a parent's instinct to never want to have to show that part of humanity to your child. Right. Mm-hmm. You want to be the, the safe port in a storm at all times and not, not to be the boat next to them in the storm and be like, no, it's crazy out here. <laughs> yeah, this shit's crazy, yeah, right? Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Like, <laughs> I'm so scared. Yeah, exactly. But, like, yeah. that was a human moment. And it was... Yeah, like, that was awesome. And that was... There were so many, like, small things about that, about just the humanity that, that exists that we have to acknowledge. That was actually... That was such a, a, a pleasant surprise, like, whole aspect of the movie. Like... The mother daughter were not in the trailers, like at, at all. all. From what I remember at all. Yeah, so I really did not see that coming. I literally thought it was just Barbie goes to the real world, gets in trouble with Mattel, learns some lessons or something. But I didn't know that it was like this triple life lesson, quadruple, because it's like Barbie and the mother and the daughter and Ken, like yes. all learning these things. Yes. And, like, they each go through this. It's like a coming of age for all four of those character archetypes. Um, it was so cool. I love the initial twist that it was the the young girl who's playing the, with the Barbies, but then you find out that it's the mother oh. who's trying to get the young girl to oh. play with the Barbies, which makes more sense because like she probably grew up more around the time where Barbies were really big, and 
oh my gosh there were just so many good little uh little like growth moments in the movie like oh where it like escalates the movie keeps escalating in like emotional stakes um it was it was a really well crafted movie yeah greta greta put a giant gerwig stamp on it and i think (laughs) i think it's uh that's the problem that's the problem. Greta went out and did too good of a fucking job, and now the corporate boards are gonna go. They want toy movies. We there's a there's a, give them a magic eight ball movie, and they're gonna fucking do it. And they're gonna <laughs> fucking do it. Get J.J. Abrams. He's special. And then they're gonna have a J.J. Abrams magic eight ball movie with a budget of like five hundred million dollars. It's gonna be some stupid huge- shit. With just a bunch of lens flares on it because J.J. Abrams. Yeah, starring Matthew McConaughey or something. It's going to be some stupid shit when, meanwhile, this was all born from the catalyst of the power of the Barbie movie because Greta Gerwigged it. So that's that's the problem. That's uh, my problem with this movie. That's my biggest problem with this movie. It's too successful, and it's going to make corporate boards think we want to see fucking movies about toys and not like Lego toys, not like fucking like 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 action figure toys i mean like stupid shit like magic like eight battleship ball. like tic-tac-toe there's gonna be a tic-tac-toe battleship there's movie? gonna be a tick there's gonna be a moncala movie you know that right <laughs> they're gonna do a moncala movie make it about something some kind of like ancient ghost or some shit like they're gonna do some stupid shit with it and be like oh that's what the people want the people want moncala they like barbie ancient ghosts <laughs> tell me i'm wrong tell me i'm misguided in my statement you're not you, you know they made a battleship movie in like 2012 right? yeah with Starting rihanna i saw it yes i saw it <laughs> yep yeah so it was actually i'm not gonna lie it actually was entertaining the special effects were not the worst the, um, the battleship movie yeah of the battle it really wasn't the special effects really weren't that bad it was not it was not the worst movie ever but all right but my point is that was like a straight to dvd movie they're gonna fucking try to hype up every toy movie now because barbie was so successful yeah and they're gonna be like well every movie could be girl it's like no yeah no no they just you're you're totally right they do so many things like that i think it was like wreck it ralph or maybe the lego movie or something like that and then two years later was the emoji movie and it's like no you don't get it that's not what <laughs> you're not we doing need anything special with that yeah exactly exactly it's, yeah. it's just oh it's gonna be so painful when you see when you see a trailer mm-hmm. and it's gonna be like coming soon magic eight or like the big eight and you're gonna be like are they redoing hateful eight or something what is this and it's gonna be like the the magic ball is gonna be shaking and it's gonna be getting bigger and you're gonna keep hearing the rattling as it gets louder and then it's gonna be like, like yeah. m night Shyamalan, august 2025 <laughs> or something you're gonna be like starring matthew mcconaughey yeah and you're gonna be saying what the fuck no Yep, and it's all going to be because of this movie. It's going to be Matthew McConaughey shaking it and looking at it, and then he slowly looks up at the camera, and he's like, your outlook's unclear, partner. (laughs) (laughs) That that was really stupid. Uh, Um, I also, I want to talk about the really cool, is it special effects? Visual effects of the Barbie movie? Practical Practical effects. effects. Yep. Like the really campy B-movie throwback practical effects of the whole Barbie land. Like every time they did did the journey to the real world set to Indigo Girls, (laughs) closer I am to find. Um, That was amazing. Like the car and then the boat and then the rocket. Uh, Which the rocket, 
Barbie and the mother and the daughter were all sitting on the rocket, and every time they showed Ken, he was hanging off yeah. the tail end of the rocket. <laughs> even by himself. He's just, yeah, ah. even, <laughs> no one's piloting the rocket. He's just along for the ride. Um, yeah, I love that stuff. I loved the, the Barbie land, like when she turns on the shower and no water comes out, and when she, like, the toast pops out and it's like clearly on strings as it flies over to her plate. Like I'm such a sucker for that, like retro throwback stuff. Um, that was super fun. Well, it, it worked in that universe. Yeah. It works in that universe. And even the, the kind of over the top explanation mm-hmm. from who was the narrator again? It was, um, I don't know her name off the top of my head. I forget who it was, but, um, when Barbie floats off the roof, she literally just says, like, you don't make your Barbie take the stairs. You just f- float her down into the car yeah. <laughs> and yeah. stuff like that. So that stuff is all very fun. Uh, <laughs> the wave on the beach being rock hard. <laughs> Ken bounces off of it and gets hurt. Um, and his job is beach. beach? Yeah. Not lifeguard, not swimming, just beach. beach? Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, yeah, the, there are the, so many good things. Yeah, the the thing I like too now. Remember, I told you like I was getting annoyed by Gosling, and I was worried because I didn't know what the mm. movie was about with him. When he now says to people, "You are enough," I sense you have the energy. I thought yeah. he was just being super cringy and campy, but then you see the movie, and he's like, "Oh no!" Well, on one hand, he's playing a joke because he knows what the movie's about, but the other thing is he is validating them for being who they are as men. And he's yep. giving them worth and value, and that's what he's actually saying, because that's the true message of patriarchy within the the within the movie. Is like, you are enough. You don't yeah. need to. Yeah. So it's like I was like, oh, that son of a bitch. <laughs> yep. I I started to get that because I saw, like you, I saw some interviews with him, and I thought it was campy. I wasn't getting annoyed by it, but I was like, wow, that's pretty over the top. Uh, he's definitely going to be a character in this movie, but. Um, when he would say like Kennergy and Knuff and and stuff like that, uh, but then like in the movie I started to get it, and then he he busts out that really cozy looking sweatshirt, like the Sherpa sweatshirt that's oh, like the Sherbert mink? colored. Yeah, yeah, the mink, and it says I am enough, but he just slapped a big K on it. Yeah, <laughs> I am Knuff. I leaned over to my fiance, I was like, I need that shirt. I need that shirt. <laughs> In the parking lot on the way home, she went to the Mattel website. They're selling that exact as seen in the movie hoodie <laughs> that is like a Sherpa mink, like fuzzy, like 60 or 80 shirt. bucks. It's 60 bucks. Okay. And I'm like seriously considering it. <laughs> it looks so comfy, uh, both like physically and mentally. <laughs> yeah, right, right. I mean, I, so I, I would say you and I are not like adverse to the conversation of patriarchy. And no. and I think we, this is long before Barbie. I I know you and I are. For those of you who don't know, we do talk outside of the podcast. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> we are friends who chat about things off of recordings, not just on recordings. So yeah. I know you and I are both very comfortable with being able to have the conversations around patriarchy. Um, and I know, sadly, that there's a large amount of people, uh, especially men, that aren't comfortable with that. And it's like, I don't know what to tell you other than read a history book. Mm. I don't know. And just yeah, facts here. Uh, be, be aware, dude. <laughs> yeah, maybe understand. Uh, yeah. So well, go, watch the, go watch the Barbie movie. <laughs> 
Well, that's the thing, right? Like they're gonna watch it and get and get like real triggered because they're gonna find it. I don't know. Uh, a t- Ironically enough, as victims of patriarchy, they are gonna find it as threatening to their definition of what it means to be a man. So exactly, and their status exactly. of a man. So <laughs> I have I have never watched any of this guy's YouTube or like anything. Um, I've just like heard about him tangentially Uh-oh. through like clips of him being an asshole on other. St- Oh, there's a few. Stuff. Who could this be? There's a there's like a handful of these people. Who could this fucking uh, be? Very very outspoken person. Uh, who I will I'll give you a hint has a scathing review for the Barbie movie. Do you want to give me throw out a couple hints of who you think this person is? Well, it's got to be some of the big hitters. The big hitters because you're not on social media. So if you heard of this, it's a big hitter. Big yeah. hitters include Jordan Peterson, uh, Matt Walsh. Andrew Tate, Joe Rogan, uh, Tim Pool, uh, so uh, Ben Shapiro. There it uh, is. Okay. <laughs> I was I was scrolling through YouTube and a like a Ben Shapiro YouTube video came on and it was like my review of the Barbie movie and spoilers in the thumbnail. It's a picture of a Barbie doll which he bought f- to make this thumbnail on fire, <laughs> which is really aggressive, Ben. Um, so- and I was like, Ugh. like I instantly hit like the dot dot dot. Do not recommend this channel ever again button. Yeah. Um, but I clicked that, and then I like I like I didn't click on the video, but I just like left it on the page. Well, it's like started to oh, play. Oh, so it started, yeah, it gave, plays on the feed. Yeah, yeah. And he was like, "Well, you all saw my Oppenheimer review, so you know how I felt about that. And now it's time for me to review the other part of Barbenheimer." And then it was just like. <laughs> <laughs> and just like a bunch of dumb, like, uh, he like lights the Barbie on fire and shit like that. It was so stupid. And then I I did click on the video so I could thumbs it down, <laughs> and then I could click did not like this video, um, just because I don't I don't need that dude in my life. Uh, not because I actively want to like demote him on YouTube, but uh, maybe kind of a little bit. You but, can. Uh, that's your freedom of speech. You can. That's right. You can do that. It's okay. That's right. My freedom of speech is to suppress his speech. <laughs> um, I mean, no, but yeah, yeah I definitely yeah. get like the, yeah, I mean, all the dudes you listed it very well could have been any of them. <laughs> Be like, the Barbie movie was so stupid, man. It doesn't even make any sense. It was so annoying. Nobody acts like that. <laughs> Patriarchy <laughs> like isn't real. What is that? That's yeah, a fake exactly. word. Yeah. Clearly directed by a woman. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it, I could very easily see a lot of this uh, movie. A lot of it. Not just like the main points, but most of it just going way over people's heads. Uh, yeah, that that's why I think the patriarchy speech needed to be so blatant and heavy-handed, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, it had to be so overt because as we, as we reviewed in Oppenheimer, people are fucking stupid. Yeah. oblivious stupid there's an exit sign and they ask where do i leave <laughs> like <laughs> yeah <laughs> yep <laughs> speaking of that this is completely random but at okay. the beginning of the barbie movie for some reason like the little intro thing of like please be aware of the exit signs like it had like a weird rhythm to it and there was like a music playing behind it and i just started dancing and pointing to the exit <laughs> signs in the middle of this theater like i didn't stand up but my fiance was like stop what are you doing stop 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 uh, doing that uh, oh my god stop <laughs> and i just i was just so excited for the barbie hype that i was like 
being like a flight attendant you, doing the thing on like Virgin Airlines. You know what I loved about uh, about my movie going experience? Oh boy, were well, the what two people. To you? you know yeah. what is that first row in IMAX? I choose rows F, so this has to be row E. It's sure, the, it's the row where you don't go upstairs. Sure, yeah, 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 yeah. Like the, the where the handicap seats are peppered in. Yeah. yeah, two people decided to 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 sit there. And for some reason, for the first 10 minutes, they had to keep getting up to go get more popcorn. And they had to keep coming back. And great thing is, these people were nice and tall. So when they would walk across and not duck because that would be considerate, they had to just stand there and look to try to read the number for their seat to put another bag of popcorn down. Fantastic (laughs) experience. Grade A humanity lesson here. Good job. Good job. that also reminds me of before I saw the Barbie movie. They played that like commercial thing that they play all the time. I'm sure you've seen it. Which is don't be an asshole. Like, no, it's the get your food before the movie thing where it's oh, showing a bunch Barbie. of people reacting in slow motion. And they're like, oh, I can't believe this is happening. And, oh, and that, that guy, guy walks, walks in, in with his popcorn like an asshole. And, he's like, and they're like, can what? you believe that? And he's like, what? He's like, and it's basically like, oh. get your food before the movie. And my fiance goes, who the fuck? Like, I never paid attention to this. Who the fuck doesn't get their food before the movie? Who's going to get their movie at the, far enough into the movie where something shocking happens? Are you kidding me? People are fucking stupid. We've talked about this. <laughs> Do you remember the Tom Segura bit from three specials ago where he talks about how somebody brought a baby into a movie theater <laughs> twice? Yes. <laughs> yes. I've, I've been to movie theaters with babies. <laughs> and he... <laughs> And it is... I forget, I forget the first bit, but he goes, I'm sitting there, and then I just hear... Brr. You know, it's the baby making baby noises. And then he talks about it again for the second time. And he goes, so I sit down for my second movie. And then I hear, uh, and I just went, uh-uh. 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 Is this the same fucking baby? Yeah, uh, but overall, so like, was that the worst thing of this theater experience? Because I literally, uh, regardless of whether I'm going with you or not now, I'm always caught like on edge about what kind of experience you're going to have. I care so much <laughs> that you don't get triggered enough <laughs> to just rage and yell at me about how terrible <laughs> your experience was. Like, it affects me. People being an asshole in your movie theater experience, regardless of my presence, has oh. an effect on my day-to-day life. <laughs> so how um, was this one, besides those people? Barbie experience... So Oppenheimer experience, people shut the fuck up, but the first yeah. 30 minutes was somebody next to me who just had to, like... You know when you have a box, a cardboard box that's wrapped in sure. plastic... And yeah. it's got goodies inside, like yeah, really like good mouth crunch, really good mouth pleasure things that you need to put in your mouth. <laughs> so you fumble with the box, and then you just go, you know what? Fuck this! You just rip it open, and you just, yeah. so you can easily access. Yeah. Imagine you never thought, hey, I could rip this open, and you had to like <laughs> tweezer your fingers, which are much larger than mine. Uh, into that box wrapped in plastic and, and, you know, try to really get at the, get at those pieces. So, and like, oh no, you've been, you've been chomping a little too fast on those little mouth pleasures, those little, those little mouth, the happiness bubbles inside the little clusters of happy. So you got to like get down deeper, but you can't, but like you, you still don't think about maybe 
opening the box, you think it's better if you fit four fingers in instead of two or three to do a pincer maneuver. So you gotta like just like you're, you're fisting the box now, it <laughs> wrapped it in plastic. <laughs> You've been dancing around that word for so long. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can give you the word. Fisting your box wrapped in plastic <laughs> to get the final crumbs, the final fucking crumbs of your little happy mouth bites at the bottom so you can fucking just be at in the first 30 minutes of your, of your movie. That was Oppenheimer. That was Oppenheimer. So it took someone 30 minutes to eat a box of Bunch of Crunch without taking the plastic off or well, what? Well, yeah, because they were distracted by the giant two-gallon bucket of buttered popcorn oh, that they God. were just shoving. Like, like a, you know how, um, like, like bovines, like farm animals eat from a trough where they just, well, no, it's a trough. They just put their head in it and like, yeah. they just like. <laughs> They could just the person next to you at Oppenheimer was doing this. Well, the bucket was so high up and so yeah. big, it was easier to just turn your head into the popcorn because yeah. it was at jaw level. Yeah, and <laughs> they were doing the the popcorn bucket bib where they just need to pick it up an inch, and if it's spilled out of your mouth while you're eating it, it just falls back into the popcorn bucket. No, no farm animal trough. They could just turn and go. Um, and just eat it <laughs> with their mouth. No appendages needed because your appendages are warming up for the box that's wrapped in plastic because you got to yeah. cleanse the butter palate with the yeah. crunchy whatever sugar. the fuck that was, sugar palate yeah. um, crumbles in the box. 30 minutes of that in Oppenheimer, then they finally finished and they stopped. So you and I have mostly gone to movies in the post-pandemic age so I don't know if this is a post-pandemic thing or if just a your preference thing, but I've never seen you get snacks or drink at a, at the movies. Did you ever used to do that? What and no, spend never. money on overpriced shitty food and beverages? That's how. That's no. how movie theaters stay alive, man. The the no. food. Uh, I don't do. I don't get, do that. They get so little profit from the movie tickets, but they get so much from the food, which is why it's so goddamn expensive. I don't do um, it. Also because. Uh, I want to say since 2016, 2015, yeah. I, I haven't eaten, I try not to eat past eight o'clock. So oh, okay. for a very long time, I haven't, uh, yeah, I haven't been like, oh, I'm going to go see a nine o'clock okay. movie. I should get a 1200 calorie bucket of things <laughs> that are four times bucket the price of, of what it would be if I just bought it myself. I, that's yeah. not really my thought process. So Okay. Um, Interesting. And also, I don't want to disturb my own experience. I'm there for the movie. If I want to mm. eat food, guess what I do? I go get fucking food. Yeah. At a restaurant. There is a theater in our state that has a restaurant attached to it. And guess what that's I right. did one time when I went there? I went and I said, hey, we're an hour early for this fucking movie. I'm not <laughs> sitting there for an hour for then the trailers to start. I'm having a yeah. pint and I'm going to have some dinner. And that's we said... The, that's the big theater near the mall, right? Yeah. 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 That's my favorite one. And uh, we said, okay, sure. I, I think I went with people too. Yeah. It, it wasn't just me, but um, we got there early and I was like, how about we just go get like a pint and something as like appetizer, some hors d'oeuvres to fill the yeah. time? Because... I'm not sitting down for an hour. Yeah. So, and it was like, yeah, well, I could eat. 
It's like, yeah, let's eat, you know, like steak tips. And then <laughs> we don't have to go worry about eating, you know, f- four times inflated priced popcorn. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Hey. Just two times inflated steak tips. Yeah. 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 That's no- <laughs> that, that, that. Hey, it's uh, I'll do it. I'll do it for steak. I'll do it for yeah. steak before eight o'clock. I'll do it for steak. It's OK. Got to do it for the steak, man. I'll do it for steak. Yeah. Sorry, we got way um, off topic from Barbie. We got went down a path, but over. not really. But not really. We're still talking about the movie theater experience. Oh, um, yeah, 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 yeah. True, true. So this Barbie and Oppenheimer week that I've had, especially Oppenheimer, especially seeing it in seventy millimeter, has got me thinking about like the movie theater experience and like the. I'm trying to think of the movies that I go to that, like, I pay money to get tickets to go to see in the theater. And they're really, like, for me, the big ones from, like, big-name directors. Like, I'll go to see a director or I'll go to see a series. And those series, for me, are typically superhero movies or, like, big action movies. Like, Mission Impossible, Marvel movies. Top Gun. Christopher Nolan movies. Yeah, Top Gun. Uh, Quentin Tarantino. I, Top Gun's like an interesting kind of exception. There are a few others like, oh, this will be a big good movie. Like Barbie is like, it's the first Greta Gerwig movie I've seen in theaters. Um, I heard about Lady Bird way after it came out because it like set the record for like highest rated movie on Rotten Tomatoes until the Gerwig style tanked it. Yeah. The, the big old Gerwig stamp of quality. <laughs> you um, got, that movie got Gerwigged. That's why. It got Gerwigged to death. <laughs> yeah. Um, Sitting pretty at that 99 Rotten Tomatoes now because a few assholes had to tank it. Um, have we talked about that before, by the way? Yeah. It made me so freaking pissed off. There was one review that literally just said, I think this movie is very good, but it does not deserve 100 on Rotten Tomatoes, so I'm giving it a bad review. It's like, no, that's not how it works. Yeah, that's You not don't give something works. a one-star review because you think it's four stars, but the average is five stars. You give a four-star <sighs> review. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Anyway, um... But yeah, I'm trying to think of, like, what what is it that makes me get out of my house to go to a movie to see it in the theater? I think for you it's a social experience. <laughs> With all those strangers munching on their, on their sweet bits. Yeah, I, I think it's that. And also you always go with somebody. Yeah. Sometimes it's... multiple times. Sometimes you yes. drive, you know, three hours away. Sometimes you go with a giant carpool from friends from work or something. Like, yeah. you make it a social thing. Yeah. I don't ever do that. I yeah. <laughs> I go for kind of me. Like, I go yeah. for my experience, really. Mm. I go with you. I go with my lady friend. Yeah. I go with friends still. But my my driver isn't that. My driver is, is this movie worthy of my time and also yeah. worth my time to to want to go see yeah like top gun was like 100 yes i want to go see this because i love yeah, yeah, yeah. i love the first top gun um mm-hmm. i really loved that first movie uh yeah it got me looking into armed forces um i want to go it see worked. yeah and it worked <laughs> and i want to go see top gun maverick so i want to see what how this looks in the big screen um yeah. so that's my driver but i think you and i do have different sources of mm. drive to go to the movie theaters and i don't think it's a universal experience there's people who go to the movie theaters and then fall asleep yeah <laughs> yep like 
I uh, that happened to me at the 2012 Avengers uh, midnight premiere. You, you fell asleep? Uh, no, the a lady in front of me fell asleep, and my friend like kicked her chair, and uh, she woke up, looked back, got mad at us, and threw popcorn in our faces, and we just giggled. We couldn't stop laughing because that was so fucking funny to us that like, no, 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 you're the asshole. <laughs> you were snoring in the middle yeah. of this Avengers movie. What are you doing? That's when uh, midnight premieres were at midnight, which. Uh, those are the good old okay, days. Okay, so so let me ask you this, because my yeah. movie going, <laughs> my movie going habits and behaviors have not fucking changed since college. So sure. that's I'm it's that literally no difference. Pre COVID, yeah. To post COVID for you, yeah. What's changed? Ooh, um, for a while. I wore a mask, obviously exclusively in the theater, so I wouldn't get popcorn. I wouldn't get drinks, and then I and then I started getting drinks because I I do like me a soda pop when I'm watching a movie. Um, just gotta make sure you pee really thoroughly before. Uh, but I would like sneak the straw up through my mask and still <laughs> be mostly masked. Um, and then recently, besides when I'm with you, because I know you two are still. Masking at the movies all the time. Yeah. You're the only folks that I wear a mask with at the movies. I'm not sure if I ever told you that. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) But for the last, like, year, Uh I haven't worn a mask with anybody else at the movies. Very cool. uh, Very cool. Yep. Extremely cool. I guess you could say... (laughs) Nope. Um, But uh, but I, I do like to get... Sometimes, I'd say like 50% of the time, I, I like to get myself a little treat, uh, either like a smaller or medium popcorn that I'll definitely offer to the my friend sitting next to me, either my fiance or whatever friend is to my other side. Okay. Um, maybe a box of candy, although I haven't really gotten a box of candy in a while. Um, and usually a, uh, a soda pop. There is uh, one group of friends that I go to the movies with that in the movie theater that you and I usually meet up at, they sell frozen margaritas, and we get very expensive frozen margaritas. So we'll sip on frozen margaritas during a movie, and that's a very nice. Can I experience. guess the price of a frozen margarita? I want to make sure. I don't know Tell the me exact the ounce. price. Tell me the ounce. 16, 22, um, 24? Like 16, yeah. A six, that's, that's a 16 ounce? I think this was a 24 that I was just showing. Yeah, I was going to say that. Like a 16. It's. Oh. A sixteen is a tall boy. A sixteen ounce is a tall boy. No, that's a twenty-four. A tall boy? No, a sixteen is like a regular like pint of beer, right? That's a tall boy. Do you drink tall boys? You ever crack open a tall boy can? Oh, that's sixteen ounces. A four pack, a four pack of tall boys. Those are sixteen ounces. Yeah, those are sixteen ounces. I think those are twenty-four. If you get the standalone singles. Those are 24s. If you get four packs of like... Those are 40s. <laughs> no, 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 no. Those are, those are 16s. A four pack okay. is 16. When's the last time you bought a four pack? Well, hold on. I'm trying to think. Oh, no, you're right. Tall boys are 16s. I'm thinking of like an Arnold Palmer can. That's a 24, right? That's taller than a tall boy. Yes. They okay. do sell like Bud Light's Modellos and like the giant ones, like the 32s. The and, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, 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 they do sell those. But those don't okay. come in packs. Those are singles. Okay. Yeah. I so no, this frozen margarita is not a tall boy. Well, yeah, no, Bigger? let's call it a 16. It's in like a it's in a it's in a cup. It's in like a, a like a, a cup with a straw and it's probably I would guess 16, maybe less. But hit me hit me with the price. Over $26. No, I think they're like 15 or 16. dollars 
I think. That's normal bar prices, bud. No oh, fucking way. No fucking way are they giving you normal priced alcohol. margarita. Ba, 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 ba. Movie theaters with alcohol and bar. I don't, I doubt it'll have the uh, frozen. It doesn't have the price online, but. Because it's so expensive that you know you'll won't, you won't buy them if you see the price beforehand. That's <laughs> <Maybe>. why. <laughs> That's why they don't show prices online. Uh, beer and wine bar. Hold on. We're getting there. We're getting there. I'm going to be really upset. $15 my ass. That's $15. That's chili prices. You can get a fucking margarita chilies for $15. <laughs> Fuck out of here. Hell no. You know what? I think tomorrow. I might go to see Oppenheimer again tomorrow, and we will go to that theater, and I'll get one. And I'll... <laughs> well, I won't get one, but I'll, I'll look at the price. Uh, and I might get one. I don't know. Might fuck around. Um, interesting. Well, yes. So that's my movie theater experience. I definitely used to get a snack and a drink every single time. Uh, but now I, I definitely do not do that anymore. I think wearing the mask and the COVID era of movie theaters kind of broke me out of that. I'm like, oh, but, I don't need this. And no, it's but you going hasn't changed pre and post COVID. You still go at the same frequency, same reason, same movie, oh. same group. Or is that It picked back up. It picked back up. Like, I remember in COVID, I was bummed that I wasn't going to see Tenet because I'm like, there's no way you could drag me into the movie theater right now. Because uh, that came out, what, like summer 2020 or something yeah. like that? Yeah. I was like, hell no. No um, one was like, they must see it in IMAX. What, how did this movie flop? <laughs> it was supposed to be my masterpiece. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I definitely dropped off for a while. And then I forget really, I think like Black Widow was like one of the first things that like it picked back up with with uh after covid um you saw widow like, you in know, theaters i did yeah oh, yeah we shit. talked about it i remember it took you like weeks to see it because you were waiting for disney plus yeah because all the drama with scarlet not getting the money right from right because we, we weren't going to the theaters yet at that time yeah exactly yeah yeah and we, i remember we talked about it you're like how was it where so everybody like a zombie in there did people cough in your face in the middle of the movie <laughs> yeah i was like it was spooky yeah <laughs> We wore masks for the entire, or, uh, yeah, masks for the entire Oppenheimer, three hours. Yeah. It's a long time. Let me put it this way. Once you do air bike with a mask on, you can wear a mask forever. Like, you're fine. (laughs) (laughs) For those people who are like, how do you wear a mask that long? Do one sprint on an air bike with the mask yeah, on 30 seconds do yeah. 30 seconds on an air bike <laughs> and don't take it off and you'd be surprised how comfortable it is just breathing in it normally uh, uh versus for new fans of the show the air bike is pretty much exactly what it sounds like it's a bike but you control a big fan that doesn't want to move but you have to move it with your whole body the handles and the pedals of the bike move at the same time so you're moving your whole body to get this fan to spin uh dubs made me do one so hard that i puked <laughs> and it was the hardest i've ever breathed <laughs> i, think I breathed was... more that 30 seconds than the rest of that day <laughs> i think it was just i didn't make you go hard i just said just go for 30 seconds <laughs> i think that was it, it was just, and my geez. body was like we'd rather die actually <laughs> like this is a the t-rex is c- catching up to us let's just do fetal position on the ground hopefully it doesn't like the smell of puke yeah um yeah Ooh, yeah um yeah so like that's uh that's curious because you know what i think has changed post-covid yeah um and maybe i'm wrong but i feel like post-covid social media has helped drive movies more mm. than anything else 
Interesting. Because people comment on it. It becomes a topic. People retweet. People or re-X or whatever the fuck Musk wants to put himself on a pedestal about. We got to kill this thing together. We can't give it any power. Yeah. Um, So I think social media now is more prevalent in terms of the marketing of movies than it is just flat out marketing and trailers. Speaking of... For example, of marketing and trailers, did you know that there's a DC movie in the James Gunn run universe that's coming out in, I don't know, a week called Blue Blue Beetle? Beetle. Because (laughs) when I saw Oppenheimer last Monday, um, not this Monday, last week's Monday, before the episode that you folks listened to, there was somebody who said, uh, I'm... Maria talking about our the upcoming movie by DC Blue Beetle and I'm super excited. See you then. And then I didn't see the trailer. And then this week and then this week this they didn't play. And then the, and then the theater shit the bed and forgot what it was supposed to do. And then, then, then they just moved on and then it was like this preview has been approved for all audiences and blah blah blah. And it was just another it was just like I don't know some it wasn't Blue Beetle. This week I know it was the trailer because A, I watched it, and B, I turned to my lady friend and I said, oh, we're seeing the trailer this time. <laughs> it was the same setup. Hi, I'm Maria. I'm here to talk to you about this new DC movie called Blue Beetle. And I'm, boy, oh boy, am I excited. And That's then, Maria Menunos. And then She's it, your, your movie host. And then it ended, and then the trailer came on, and I went, holy shit. We're seeing the trailer for this Blue Beetle movie. And then the trailer ended and it said, coming August 18th. <laughs> and I went, that's in 10 days. <laughs> what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> why am I smash hit? Yeah. Why am I just seeing it now? What is this? It's uh, uh, kicking off the new, the new Gunniverse. Or it was a movie that was so far and so much money got sunk into it already into recording and production that gun was just like, keep going. It's fine. Nah, th- nah, they're not afraid of that. They killed Batwoman when it was done. Like it, oh, it, yeah, it is true. a finished movie. <laughs> um, <laughs> they just said, "Nah, we'd rather not do this at all." <laughs> um, no, I think so. I, I read more into the James Gunn thing, and I know we've talked about this a lot, and we're going to continue to talk about it a lot because that's what our podcast is. But uh, it, it definitely seems like he's. Besides Superman, from what we know of of what he's building, he's definitely doing the like Guardians of the Galaxy thing of like he's bringing up the B list, the C list characters, and I think Blue Beetle is firmly in that like lower B list category, um, where he is like a cult favorite. He's like a fan favorite for those who do like Blue Beetle. Um, he's kind of like a Moon Knight, Green Lantern, uh, like Miss Marvel kind of powers. You know where I've seen him the most? Huh. Comic-Con. When people dress up as Blue Beetle. And I go, what the fuck is that? And it's like, (laughs) I'm Blue Beetle! And I'm like, oh, okay. What the fuck? You sure are, buddy. (laughs) Yeah, it's the most I've seen of Blue Beetle until now. Um, So yeah, that showed up. Um, But I I think he's, he's... I don't know if this one's very intentionally part of his new universe, or it'll just be like when we look back and we're counting what is this universe and what isn't this universe, we'll be like, oh yeah, that one is technically the first one. Um, But it's just like, he's building something new. These characters are going to know each other or exist in the same universe together or something. Uh, And he's, he's picking like the smaller characters, but he's keeping Superman for himself. So the end of the movie after blue beetle will be a blue beetle appearance in the post credit scene. 
I don't know if he'll go full MCU and just rip that off, honestly. Like, I think he's going to want to make a name for himself and kind of do his own thing. Because even all of the Guardians of the Galaxy post-credit scenes were, like, tongue-in-cheek, like, basically post-credit scenes are stupid is like what the message of all of the guardians post-credit scenes were uh and they don't really set up the next thing any of them uh even though in the first guardians of the galaxy thanos was like a real character for the first time so like during the movie it definitely set up what's to come but uh yeah i don't know it's uh we'll we'll have to see i I don't, I still don't know how I feel about his whole plan. It still seems very scattered and not smart. <laughs> yeah, it, it, step by step. We'll see what happens step by step. And I have no idea how he's going to rope Barbie into it. <laughs> <laughs> what was your favorite part of the movie? I told you my favorite scene. What was your favorite scene? Uh, ooh, that's a good question. I, the hardest I laughed was when Will Ferrell got scared by Midge. <laughs> he just turns around and he's like, oh my God, I could not stop laughing. Um, I loved the whole character of Weird Barbie. I like that she was like this sage who could like give advice, but she was just the Barbie that got played with too hard. And she's always in the splits for some reason. Well, it's because like, you always that split, part, you always split, you the, always Barbie split the legs. Yeah. So you could like whip the Barbie around. Yeah. yeah. And just the way she moved how she like twirled and walked like she was a broken human that was really good um and then uh the 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 deepest emotional part obviously with ruth saying the thing about moms that was awesome um oh yeah having to feel yeah i i I liked the feels you have Um, to feel yeah yeah um yeah it was there were there were a bunch of good parts I don't think I have a favorite part. I guess Ken, the weird, like, this is a bad thing, but they're doing it in a really funny way, like catharsism of Ken experiencing uh, the real world for the first time and just being like, oh my God, men and horses control the world. <laughs> it was so, like, pure in the worst way like he's the most moldable impressionable guy and he should not be learning things like this at the rate that he's learning them but it's it was so funny to watch and ryan gosling killed it um horses so funny (laughs) but but i'm not so sure about the horses anymore now that i think about it (laughs) i may have been wrong about the horses oh my god it was so funny oh uh, the, yeah, uh, I loved Ryan Gosling in it. He is so good when he's just like let off the chain. Like well, here's, when he's just allowed to be funny. This is a comment I had in the car on the way home. I was thinking, you know, Ryan Gosling likes comedy. Like I forget the he name of the it. movie he did with Russell Crowe. Nice um, guys. Nice guys. He was very funny in that. But so funny. But think about it. He never got cast for anything like that since. He was in Blade Runner. He was in Drive. He was in a lot of serious action films. He, he was in The Gray Man and fucking Netflix. He was yeah, in a lot of did. like serious gritty movies. He did Crazy Stupid Love, which he was pretty funny in and was a pretty f- True. funny movie. Steve True. Carell. But yeah, not as often as you'd like. And like every time I see him in an interview, um, he's just like always cracking up. Like there's a bunch of clips of him on the Graham Norton show, which is like out of yeah. the talk shows which i've I'm seen not a i've seen, I've seen graham norton, norton. Really i've seen graham norton yeah he's always just cracking up like he just loves to have a good time and i feel like uh i they i forget who but somebody said like comedic actors can play the best dramatic roles because a lot of acting is about timing and you learn timing the best through comedy 
Uh, and then you could apply that, like those learnings to drama. Yeah, which of Robin Williams? Ex- exactly. Robin Williams, like even Jim Carrey, Jim Carrey, uh, Adam Sandler. Yeah. Like, yep. Look at him. Yeah, exactly. One hundred percent. And I think he's not a comic actor, but I think he's got those like comedy chops. Clearly, like he's got the timing down and stuff. Yeah, like that, and like the delivery, and I, uh, it goes to show why he's such a powerful dramatic actor. I think he's very much a he's much more of a lighthearted person than the yeah. characters he portrays, and yeah. then he's been he's like you said he was let off the leash for this role yep. of like no, 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 go, go, go do go. the. When they realize they need to change clothes when they get to the boardwalk, and he just comes out and she's like, "We look great," and he just says, "I love tassels," and shakes his whole body to make his tassels wiggle. I died. That was so stupid. And he was like, like a little puppy dog shaking his tassels. He was having so much fun. And I could tell that like Ryan Gosling was having that much fun. Uh, it was so cool. Yeah, and it, obviously Margot was incredible. She's been incredible in every single thing she's ever been in, even the bad movies. She was the best part of them. Yeah the the scene where we joked earlier about the narrator coming on and saying like we understand that it's like when um, she's having that moment. Yeah. Um, I'll be honest. As it was zooming in on Margot Robbie's face, I was thinking before it's before the narrator said it, I was like. This is kind of weird to have Margot Robbie say that, like, as you yeah. zoom in on her fucking face. And then the, it came over, the narrator came on, and I went, holy shit. <laughs> and, uh, the the Barbie narrator, by the way, was Helen Mirren. Ah, I was going to say, very. The, the voice sounded very famous. So, yeah, there yeah, you go. Yeah. There you go. Um, but, yeah, that, uh, I was saying in the car on the ride home, I was like, that's an example of how uh, they knew how this was going to be perceived, right? Yeah. And they weren't clueless to the fact that you have Margot Robbie saying this line in a yep. dramatic close-up. Like, that's not really... On her beautiful, perfect face. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know, that's not really... You know, what's, you know what else is funny that I didn't know? Um, mm. Margot Robbie's a metalhead. Ooh, interesting. Yeah, I guess she was a big metalhead when she was younger. And I saw it in an interview. Um, what was it? Uh, I think it was Bring Me the Horizon. Wow. Um, English metal band, for those of you who don't know, did a yeah. shout out to Margot. They were like, <laughs> this is for a very beautiful, very talented actress from Australia. Margot, this is for you. And then they fucking were like, like just played an older <laughs> song. And then Corey Taylor uh, from uh, the band Slipknot, did like a personal video message like hey margo heard you're a huge fan of slipknot and if you want we heard you were at one of our shows we wish we knew we would have given you like a behind the scenes or if you wanted to hang out and see and meet everybody in the band if you want to come again just let us know we got tickets for you and and, uh like your husband and anybody else uh and in the interview where they played this she was like oh my god oh my god that's so cool. Yeah, I had no idea. I had no idea she was a she was into metal. <laughs> so that's I so think, fun. I think that's awesome. But yeah, this movie just was very self aware, and mm. I think it had a very powerful multi layered message that hopefully people picked up on. Yeah. And um, yeah, the movie's getting banned in certain countries. Awesome. That's so cool. That's a good sign. It's a great sign. Because uh, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's challenging. That's what that means. Yeah. 
It means, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's, it means you, p- people are, they don't want people thinking and knowing something. That's what that is. So yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. That's, exactly. gr- that's great. They don't want people waking up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so just well cool. done. So <laughs> where do you rate it? One out of 10 stars. I think we rated Oppenheimer at a nine. Yeah. Although you did also mm. your rating of it within Christopher Nolan movies. Yep. I haven't rated Barbie on IMDb yet, which is rare. I usually don't forget. I usually do that on the way from the theater to the car. <laughs> um, hmm. And I'm a couple days, I'm a few days removed from it now. So you've thought about it. Yep. I saw it on Monday. I saw it 72 hours ago. Here's two things I will say. One, I want to rewatch it. And I think when I rewatch it, my appreciation for it will go up. Because I'll see, like, I'll know the whole message of the movie rather than, like, there's, like, this challenge of this movie of you get presented the trailer and then the movie you're watching is not like the trailer. Actually, it starts out just like the trailer. Yes. Like, the whole 20, 30 minutes of the movie was like, okay, I think we've seen the whole trailer now. Now yeah. what's going to happen? Yeah. And then you figure it out along the way. Yeah. So there's that aspect of, like trying to piece together the movie. And now that I know what it is, I could go back and watch it from the beginning, like watching that all unfold. And I think I'll like it more, but I think right now I'm going to pop it at an eight. I'm going to give this one an eight. Yeah. Really? I liked it a lot. Yeah. There's not a lot of movies in my eights Uh, and even less in my nines. And there's about six in my tens. (laughs) Okay. Okay. What about you? I think it's better than Oppenheimer. Whoa. And you gave Oppenheimer a nine? Yeah. Wow. We're talking like, do you go halves or are you on a hundred point scale? Are you doing like a 9.1, 9.2 or are you just going full 10 or just it's better than Oppenheimer, but still a nine. I think it's above nine. Whoa. I'm debating if it's a 10. Whoa. You want to know one of the big reasons why I feel this way? Why is that? It's because I've been thinking about it ever since I saw it. That yeah, and it I have an impact, and I never thought about Oppenheimer. Ooh, okay. I watched That's Oppenheimer, and I went, "There you go." Wish I saw Killian Murphy's dick, but whatever. <laughs> and then it just kept going. <laughs> Why did we all leave the theater thinking that? <laughs> because we were promised a seven-minute nudity, full frontal scene, and then we see Killian Murphy's sexy legs and that's it we don't see anything else it wasn't even there was no full frontal anyway exactly lies Um, fake news lies propaganda i yeah um, so this left an impact it left an impact because you know why because christopher Mm. nolan was oppenheimer was to me a movie that almost had the expectations of it to have that and because of that you go in expecting it so i wasn't blown away by too much of what i saw because I was yeah. like, no, everybody's been gassing this shit up. I expect I expect <laughs> fire. So that's what I got. Um, Barbie, I was actually prepared to get annoyed by. Because, okay. of Ken, because of Ken. I was prepared to get annoyed by Ryan Gosling. So I went in going like, I don't know what the fuck this movie's about. Greta Gerber's going to do some sick, twisted shit at some point in this movie. <laughs> and hopefully Ryan Gosling doesn't ruin it for me. And then I hmm. left it going, holy shit. That was such a well-done fucking movie. Yeah. On so many different layers and levels of making a movie and telling a story, character arcs, plots, set design, effects, costume design, casting. Like it hit it hit every stride you need to hit. And that's why I was like, holy shit. 
On top of the fact that it was just, even the way it ends, right? The whole movie's about becoming a human, um, yep. growth, accepting your humanity, uh, uh, what it means to be a girl and to become mm-hmm. a woman. And then the movie ends with her at a fucking gynecologist. Yeah. <laughs> Which was such a cherry on top of <laughs> the movie. Uh, yeah. She's like, I'm here for my, gy- I'm here for my gynecology exam. Um, yep. You think she's there for like a job interview yeah, or something exactly. like that, but it's, and you're like, oh, okay. And then it's like, no, gynecology exam. And you're like, oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. So like, it was just, that's, yeah. I, I honestly think it was a better movie than Oppenheimer and I, w- I will wow. rate it higher than that. Um, right. I'm trying to think of the movies I've rated as 10 though. Yeah. Do and you I, do my thing on IMDb? No. Do you rate all your movies? No. It's it's a long project to get it started, but I'm glad I did. It took like a week of one of my summers when I was in college. <laughs> like Jesus. Just, it was a week of watching The Office on the TV and just well, scrolling on my here's, laptop. <laughs> well, here's a here's a okay. I rate bottles of wine. Okay. Um, <laughs> thank you I for that. How bougie <laughs> you are sometimes. <laughs> I was going to say thank you for your reaction. Hey, because of that, because of that, you had the best goddamn Merlot of your life. That's true. That night because I knew that vineyard and I knew that year. That's so you 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 fucking be thankful that I, I, I rate wine. Anyways, so I rate wine and I find that I typically rate wine. I rate things in general from a seven to a nine like that's my averages you gotta yeah. really fucking miss the mark for a six and you gotta be ass to be like five and below for me i'm pretty yeah. generous and kind and accepting and tolerant of most of what i have i'm talking about wine mm-hmm. right now but this is kind of in general like mm-hmm. same thing with movies i typically rate movies higher than you i'm like an eight and you were like a six what do you mean an eight <laughs> like you, you and i rate very differently so for me, I think that was Black Adam you were just referencing. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think because of that, a part of me is like, you know what? I I I think I want to get Barbie a ten. Cool. I think I, I, I think I can sit here right now and say Barbie is a ten in my book. Barbie's a ten out of ten. I think I love that. I think it did such a good job, and I can't point to a fault or a weakness in anything that was done. It was cheeky, it was snarky, it was campy, it was well-designed, it was well-shot, it was well-cast, it was well-acted, It was the story was well-told, the effects were done very well, the emotional point points were so emotional, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. like, the funny parts were so funny, the humor Music. wasn't, the humor wasn't super overdone, um, everything was well-placed, the music was all good choices, like, I can't really sit here and say, well, this part sucked. I told you the worst part about the movie is that the boards are going to think that people want to see movies about magic eight balls. So they're going to start doing <laughs> bullshit like that. Like, yeah, that's what's going to happen. And that's the, what I'm terrified by, by this movie um, as being the worst part of it. But as a movie, the worst I mean, part of it, to be fair, <laughs> didn't happen in the movie. So... <laughs> <laughs> so that that's how i view it i mean was oppenheimer is oppenheimer still a nine in my book yes yeah. oppenheimer is still as good as i said it was last week in last week's episode yeah. and i still stand by what i say with the performances and the execution however 
the next morning I woke up and I didn't think about the movie Oppenheimer in the scenes. Mm. I just went excited to talk to Chris about it. And that was it. Yeah. Barbie. I've thought about Barbie every day. A part of Barbie every day. Like that's, that's a sign. I knew that was a sign when I like woke up the next day and I was like, God damn, what a fucking movie. (laughs) Like that was my thought. And then I was thinking just again, and again about it, and that's where I stand on it. Uh, see, that's really interesting because I kind of had the opposite reaction. I could not stop thinking about Oppenheimer. I watched so much like Oppenheimer stuff on YouTube about his life and the bomb and stuff like that, and then I watched it, and I, there were a few things that I still had questions for, even though I like kind of became an Oppenheimer expert that I still like went back and watched a bunch of YouTube videos about, and now I had like specific questions about like, oh yeah, what was that guy's whole deal? And like I watched videos about him, but Barbie I really liked, and then I left the theater being like, I'm excited to talk to dubs and then i haven't really thought about it until just now um but i did i did still really like it so that's really interesting both very good movies yes both very well done and quick question uh do i need to buy tickets for mission impossible for next week monday um probably yeah we should okay (laughs) all right all right we could do Tuesday, maybe. We'll talk. We'll talk. Let's take it offline. All right. All right. We'll talk. We'll talk. We'll talk. We'll talk. Uh, but yeah, cool. I think that's our episode. Uh, this was our uh, the the finale to the Barbenheimer duo of episodes. Uh, I hope you liked it, everybody. If you did, feel free to share it with a friend who you think would like it. If you really liked it, give us a rating. And um, we will see you next week where we'll talk about other stuff. Maybe Mission Impossible. Maybe Secret Invasion. Maybe something new that happens. Uh, and we still have a few more topics to talk about in the notes, but, uh, yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. See you next week. Woo. Take care. I'm I'm coming off as a serial killer right now. I know it. This dude's like, oh my god, this guy's a fucking wacko, and I totally understand that. Say something. I'm say giving what up you on wanna you. Say, say, let the world fall out. That you wanna <laughs> say. I wanna see you be free. I don't know. That's that song. a song. I think. Is it? Say what you wanna say. Okay. I wanna right, say right, it's right. pink and fun.